Here's what's coming up on today's show. I cannot know what's going to happen 27 years from now. Yeah. Right? Unless you have the crystal ball. So that's something you have to punt and kind of kick the can down the road for the trustee. There's no other way to go about it. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Welcome in to Complete Estate Planning. I'm Ben George alongside Nick Rosenbauer, who is an estate planning attorney and the owner at Rosenbauer Law Office with our office there in Westchester and serving that greater Cincinnati area, Southern Dayton. And in between, we got a good show for you today. I got to be honest, Nick, when I saw the subject today, should you micromanage your trustee? I was thinking, I don't know how you can micromanage someone when you're no longer around. But then I read a little bit further about what we're talking about. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you can put rules in place to micromanage someone. <clears throat> oh, you can you can control from the grave. We can go down the rabbit hole. Uh, I can go down that rabbit hole as much as anyone. Um, <laughs> although I'll be honest, I don't say control from the grave like it's a bad thing. Um, you know, like my wife and I, our kids are little. So we've put the rules in place to where even if something happens to us, our kids, you know, at least financially, are raised the way we would want to to raise them. So, you know, when you say it like that, you know, I don't know that controlling from the grave is as bad as, you know, I guess that term, you know, is made out to be. Right. So so that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> well, you know, it's because these different types of estate plans are going to allow you to have you know, different levels of flexibility. And, you know, when you set this up, you know, the trust maker has an opportunity to get extremely detailed, uh, as you talked about. And, you know, there are some rules you want to put in place and there are some things maybe you, you want to lead to the discretion of your trustee, or maybe you have to. Um, so we want to kind of talk through a little bit of that today and some of the situations that might arise and, you know, ways to set rules, boundaries, and guidelines because you do want to future-proof your state and, you know, whether or not you want to say you're controlling from the grave, that's up to you. But either way, this will uh, be a good conversation to go through. And, I, and again, if you have questions, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com is the website. Check it out. There's a big uh, orange button on the front. You can schedule a call with Nick if you want to get your estate plan started or uh, have a review or whatever the, the case may be, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. All right, let's, uh, where do you want to start here, Nick? What do we, what should we first uh be considering here in this micromanaged conversation well and, and and just kind of to back up you know there's there's things that you when you're setting up your plan like this has to be a choice that you make you don't want to leave this up to someone else later there's things where you know i i could make the call now or i could kick the can down the road and let you know my trustee handle it later and then there's other things where you know you have to leave that up in the future, you know, frankly, because there's no way uh, you can, uh, you know, you can predict it. So, so that's, gotcha. th that's kind of where we're going with this. Um, so the first one here, we'll start out with the things that are no matter what, no matter how much you trust the person in charge after you pass away, these are things that you have to decide and you have to decide when setting it up. Uh, these are things that it's not a good idea or, in most instances, you just you literally cannot leave up to someone else. Uh, first off, who's going to be in charge? You're not really allowed to say, 
when I die, whoever wants to be in charge of this thing can do it. Right. So, so, so you have to pick who's in charge. Yeah. You also, this is a, this is, you're going to raise your eyebrow at this, Ben. Um, but you would think that choosing who's getting the money and who gets how much is, of course, that is something that you come up with on your own. But there's a lot of people who, you know, who have discussions about leaving it up to the person in charge to give people whatever money they want to, which sounds huh. a little odd. Yeah. Right. But, you know, I've had people say, well, if we pass away, I want to give 10% to charity. What organizations you have in mind? I don't know. Just let them pick. Hmm. Well, you know, you see where you can get in trouble with that. Yeah. Um, and then also, if I'm the trustee, I don't want to be responsible for that. Because, Ben, I don't know what religion you are, what, you know, what your politics are, or just in general, you know, what is near and dear to your heart as far as, you know, missions or who you support or charity or what type of, you know, people or causes that are that are important to you. Mm -hmm. Don't don't make me have to figure that out after you're gone. You pick. And then also another one is, you know, sometimes I'll have people say, well, they'll just give the kids, you know, whoever needs money can have money. Well, it's usually better to just say, here's who gets how much. I'm not saying when they get it, but don't have three kids and leave it up to the trustee to decide who gets how much. Yeah. You decide if it's equal shares to all three of them, or if you like one more than the other, you know, they get extra. You need to decide that. Um, and then also, you know, you want to have what we call kind of drop dead dates or end dates when, you know, the, the trustee should just give them the money, right? You know, because we have little kids, we're not going to give them all their money at age one and age four if we died tomorrow, of course. But we do have something that says, hey, no matter what, you know, once they hit age 25 or they hit age 30 or whatever it may be, they're old enough, just give them the money. Um, you know, in most circumstances, I don't like, well, the trustee can give them money when he thinks they're ready. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? You know, yeah. what if it, you know, it could be never. What if my kid's a bonehead, you know, <laughs> and is never good with money? Were we ever really intending for someone to babysit your money for the next 70 years? Probably not. Um, okay, so another thing, specific reasons to say no or not give them money. You know, I've had people say, and again, this is all, this doesn't apply to everyone, but if you have things like this that are important to you, you need to set this out. So if you say, hey, I don't want to give them money if they're not working, you know, because I don't want them to quit their job and live off me. Or I don't want them to get money if they didn't finish school or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, again, I'm not saying you have to, but something to consider. Or I don't want to give them money to be used for something specific. So if you have things that are really important to you, you know, if you're a grandparent and you're setting aside money for college and that's all you want it to be for, like you want it to be a college fund for the grandkids, you need to say, I set aside money for the grandkids specifically to be used for education, which of course means not to be used for a new Mercedes on their 18th birthday. Okay. Um, and then also any protections or restrictions 
and I know we've talked about this a lot as one of the benefits of trusts, for a danger or a concern that we know about right now. So if someone is disabled, you need to make sure they get that money safely because we already know that's a thing. If they have a substance problem, then we need to figure out now how to leave them money without just giving them a million dollars and allowing them to relapse. Mm -hmm. You know, if they can't manage their money, uh, bankruptcy, lawsuit issues, um, you know, something like that. So if we know concerns, then then you really want to take care of them. Like if nothing, we don't know all the problems that are going to happen, but let's take care of the stuff that we know about. And that's and I think that should be on you uh, because no one knows the concern better than you do. So I, I always say, what are we dealing with that we know about? How do we work around it? So I think those are things that have to be on the to-do list for you while you're setting up your plan on the front end. Those are not things I would delegate. All right, good place to start there. So that leaves us then with ones that could be decided by you or could be left to the trustee to decide. What falls in this category? Yeah, and this is that, you know, this is that wishy-washy kind of, sort of, I don't know, it depends category, right? Um, but, you know, you can do this or you can leave it up to the discretion of your trustee who's in charge of this. You can say, you know, either of you can can give the option, you know, maybe to release money ahead of time for certain things. Like if you want to say, I know you don't get your money until you're 25, but we can release money ahead of time to pay for travel costs or tuition or the wedding or their first car or buying their first house or starting a business. You can specifically write that in to say, I want money released early for a down payment on their first home. You can also leave it to the trustee You know, if they think it's a reasonable use of, of the money, even though they haven't hit the age yet. Uh, the trustee can do that as well. So that can go either way. Um, and then also, you know, let's just stick with the scenario before of the kids don't get their money till they're 30, you know, maybe have the ability to give them their money early if, you know, they can handle it. If they're responsible, they're mature, and they just grew up to be good adults, you know, you could put it in there or leave it up to the trustee to say, geez, this kid's 26 years old has his life together, everything's going great, why the heck would I keep this money from him? He's doing great. Um, again, you can put that in, you can leave that up to the trustee. Um, and, and kind of another one here is <clears throat> if there is an amount or even a time frame where you kind of throw up your hands and shrug and say probably isn't worth the trouble anymore. Um, actually, a couple ways you can go with this. One, you know, say, hey, I want to leave them half the money now, half later. But what if their half of the inheritance is only like 5000 bucks? Mm-hmm. You know, at what point, what good are we doing by holding on to $2,400 for a few more years? Right. And all right, at some point, enough is enough. Or I've had some people say, regardless of what age, um, I want the money to be broken out into phases. They get some when we die and some they have to wait, you know, five years. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what if when I die, I'm 90 years old and my son is 62? 
right? I mean, it, what what <laughs> yeah. miraculous thing is going to happen between sixty two and sixty seven when when suddenly they're responsible at sixty seven? So at some point you just say, hey, you know, once you hit this age, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, those can go both ways, but just some things to think about, you know, depending on how old people are and who we're leaving money to. Okay. So we've had one, you need to figure out things that you can be a little wishy-washy on and have discussions about then. Our next category, the things that should be left to the trustee. Yeah, exactly. And these, you know, the one sentence answer to this is things there's no way you can predict. If you can't predict the future, you have to leave it to them in the future if and when the circumstance arises, okay? Because you don't have the crystal ball. So first, obviously... You know, things like emergencies or circumstances that you cannot be aware of right now. Um, You know, what if my son has a horrific diagnosis and he has really, really bad, you know, um, treatment and insurance doesn't cover it and he needs money for medical treatment? Well, you know, how do I know that? There's no way. So you have to give the trustee some discretion to say, hey, for certain things like medical emergencies, if I think he needs it in the future, I can give it to him. Um, you know, or, you know, what if someone has a developmental disability, right? Everything's fine now, but then they're disabled as an adult. Or, you know, God forbid they're homeless or they have a substance problem later that they didn't have right now and they need treatment and they need help. Okay, that's something that you have to kick the can down the road if you're not aware of it. Um, And, you know, basically need to give them the ability to lock things up or tighten the belt. On the flip side, you know, kind of the ability to turn the water back on, so to speak. What if someone gets better? You know, what if someone has a disability, but they find treatment, they find a cure, something like that? And look, I don't know what medical technology is going to be uh, 50 years from now. or someone who had a substance problem, and then they they get better. You know, they're clean and sober and kind of get their life in order. Then you say, well, why the heck are we putting all these protections in place for something that's not an issue anymore? Okay, so I, I always think it's good to be able to have the trustee to tighten the belt if something goes wrong or turn the water back on if something gets better or something goes right. And And Ben, like I said before, that's not, I cannot know what's going to happen 27 years from now. Yeah. Right. Unless you have the crystal ball. So that's something you have to punt and kind of kick the can down the road for the trustee. There's no other way to go about it. Okay. Well, those are the three categories. Anything else uh, to kind of keep in mind? Any other considerations to make? Yeah. Well, you know, obviously, you know, how much you trust your trustee, right? I know that's the big cliche and then what a, you know, what what an annoying phrase. I can just feel our listeners rolling their <laughs> eyes, right? I'm I'm kind of rolling my eyes as well when I say that. But yeah, how much you trust the judgment of your trustee. You know, if your trustee is is okay, but they're not great, then I think you need more guardrails. But if you have someone who you trust and you say, my goodness, they make better financial decisions than I do, and I know you know, if I, if Ben, I picked you to be my trustee and I say, just let Ben handle it, whatever Ben deems necessary, because I know that you're going to make the right decision. 
You know, you're not going to be so cheap or strict that you make them buy two-ply toilet paper, <laughs> peel it in half, and reuse it. You know, but you're also not going to let them walk around with Rolexes and Ferraris. There's a balance, right? Mm -hmm. um, it is so much easier for me if I can just say, Ben's in charge. Ben can release money as he seems appropriate because I know you'll make the right decision. That's easy. Not yes. everyone gets that, right? And you, that's a lot of trust, too. So even if I know that you're, you know, you, you, you have a good head on your shoulders, I still have to trust that you'll do it. Okay, so that's something to keep in mind. Also, you know, the, the, the beneficiaries, kind of the history with them, the circumstances, are they stable? Is it kind of back and forth? Do they have good days and bad days? Are they older and kind of a known commodity or are they one year old? I have no idea what my kids are going to grow up to be just because they're not grown up yet. So there's a lot of unknown there. And then obviously the relationship between the beneficiaries and the trustee. Uh, most uh, things to consider here, um, you know, the more guardrails and rules you put in, the less it is on the trustee, you know, to kind of figure this out and be the bad guy. They can just say, well, here's what mom and dad said. I'm just following the rules. Okay. So mm -hmm. you can kind of get the trustee off the hook a little bit from having to either play bad guy or back down because they're worried about you know, ticking someone off. Um, or if everyone gets along great, everything's fine. Maybe it's like an extended family or someone who's, you know, maybe a little more removed emotionally from the situation. You know, then you don't have to worry about them being bullied or, you know, you don't have to worry about Thanksgiving dinner being awkward. Okay, right. so how, how close they are to each other versus not... And, you know, if they respect each other or not, that's another thing to keep in mind. Okay. Um, and again, that can make it easier. That can make it a heck of a lot harder uh, for the client when setting it up. Yeah. Well, a lot to think about. Hopefully this kind of gives you some guidance on how much you should micromanage your trustees as you're trying to build this plan and some considerations to make along the way. If you want to reach out to Nick, talk with him directly, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com is the best place to do so. You can schedule a call with Nick right there by clicking the big orange button on the front. But if you want to call, you can also do that at 513-463-6789. All right, good stuff as always, Nick. I do appreciate it. I encourage anyone too to subscribe if you haven't done that as well. We appreciate all the feedback and support we've gotten for the podcast, and we want to continue to grow. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm going to start the campaign that controlling from the grave is not a bad thing. Let's <laughs> take away the, uh, uh, the stigma there. I'd say... You know, making sure your family is protected and taken care of the way you want to, thumbs up in my book. Okay, so, you know, to heck what everyone else says about that. I'm going to campaign for put the trust back in the trustee. Oh, jeez, yeah, campaign. that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, we just lost all our there subscribers. You go. There we well, go. <laughs> they made it this far. We do appreciate it. All right, we'll close it out on that note. Thanks for listening to Complete Estate Planning for Nick Rosenbauer, estate planning attorney and owner at Rosenbauer Law Office. I'm Ben George. Have a good week. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us. 
or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.